everybody, Chris here. You know, working in the podcast world means working with a lot of headphones. And let me tell you, my new favorite brand of headphones is Studio headphones. Yes, Studio, inspired by the Phil Collins song. So Studio, seriously, they told me that. They are revolutionizing the way people see headphones. They don't want them to be just a tech device. They know they're also an accessory. Fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality, and high-tech variations, they're bulky and not design-oriented. Studio is bridging that gap. They emphasize modern, Scandinavian design while also providing a product that matches the quality of even the highest-rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. Yes, those headphones. You know which ones I'm talking about. But I'll tell you, that's not all. Free, worldwide shipping. How about that? And, and... Because you, my dear listener, are a supporter of this podcast, you can use my discount code HIGHONFILM. All one word, HIGHONFILM, for 15% off any purchase. You're saving tons of money on quality Bluetooth headphones right now. Free shipping on worldwide on all your purchases and 15% off with HIGHONFILM written in that discount code box. Guys, you don't get any better than that. Studio headphones, I highly recommend you check them out. From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Clark Kohler and American Movie. I just made that up! I'm gonna write that down on this week's independent episode. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, sobering talk about movies. Los Angeles' only irrelevant podcast, review, game, show, podcast. Repetitive podcast, that's what it is. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host, episode 244, in your ears, right now. And boy oh boy, have we got another High on Film rarity. Today we're doing a documentary. I think only the one, only one of its kind that's a straight documentary. We uh, the only one that's other the only other one in contention is uh, uh, the Five Obstructions by Lars von Trier, which was kind of more of an experiment in filmmaking than it was a documentary. But there are certainly documentary aspects to it. We can argue that another day. Today we're talking about American Movie from 1999, directed by Chris Smith of Jim and Andy fame. The new, uh, new-ish Netflix documentary detailing the craziness of Jim Carrey on the Man on the Moon set. How about that? I saw it. It was fine. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I love this movie. American movie. Uh, let's get, before we get any further into the movie, let me get to the man who's right to my left. He is the co-host from the couch. The walking Kevin Bacon game. The podcaster of disaster. One of Earth's mightiest heroes. My co-host and friend, the Brad Davis that God gave us, Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brad. How are we doing? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Hey, a pleasure, a pleasure. Now that we got the niceties out of the, the pleasantries out of the way, you've never seen American movie before. I had never seen American movie before. Mm. I saw this back in college. I fell in love with it. What did you think all these years later? Uh, it's it's pretty great. I, I mean, as documentaries go, it's it's... Very entertaining and very interesting. So yes, I certainly found it to be an enjoyable viewing. Okay. Um, yeah, 
two guys in uh, Wisconsin trying to make a... Well, two guys. One guy, really. Yeah, I was going to say. It's really just... One guy, guy and then... Getting everybody to help him. The comedic sidekick. Yeah. Making a movie. <laughs> uh, trying to finance a, you know, a feature film. So in order to do that, they complete a horror short. And uh, talks about the trials and tribulations from there. How about that? You know what? Let's set that aside. We always choose a guest. They choose a movie. And today, well, it's no exception. In these final ten episodes of High On Film, we have picked out, cherry-picked, I'd say, some of our favorite people to have on, some of the most recurring guests to have on, uh, to have on one last time. And, uh, boy, this gentleman has been on for uh, a array of movies. This guy has done mostly masters. He's got a Spielberg, a Scorsese, a Kubrick, an Anderson, a Fincher, a Nichols, a Bay. <laughs> oh, he's forget about the Bay. He's celebrated. He celebrated uh, an opening day of, of baseball season once, and he capped off our three-part Alien series. He is the oh oh he's a nine-time high on filmer. He's uh, you'll recognize his voice from the Look Who's Taken Now trailer, the Mick Junior trailer. Of course, he plays Vance Valadini in Death at Sunset. He is the voice that launched a thousand podcasts. He may not be Monet, but he's just as good an impressionist. Actor Clark Kohler returns to the show. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I. this is bittersweet. This is bittersweet. I'm going to miss doing this with you guys because it's a lot of fun. It is. I really it is. enjoy it. And you picked a bittersweet movie to talk about here today. Indeed. I, indeed I did. Um, indeed I did. Yeah, really, the, one of the only two of two documentaries we've done on the show, so congratulations there. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, we did, that was not my intention, but... Uh, <laughs> you, you diversified us, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, hey. Right under the wire, too. But let's take a walk down memory lane. As I said, you've done a, a Spielberg, Jaws. Yes, yes. A Scorsese, Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Michael Bay's The Rock. Yes. Stanley Kubrick's <laughs> Dr. Strangelove. Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. You did Jeff Nichols' Take Shelter. David Fincher's Alien 3, ah, uh, yes. right before Covenant came out. Uh, you did uh, the Zucker Brothers' Naked Gun, where we all learned to laugh at O.J. Simpson again. Mm. Oh, dear Nordberg. Needed. Yeah. We needed that. And that was, what, in the year of O.J.? Last year? In the year of O.J., is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> the uh, one where uh, People versus O.J. And right. And the American Crime Story. Out. Yes. Well, I mean, to be fair, he was shot and crippled in the film and then further abused even worse afterwards. That's true. So I, I think that's the, the proper way to laugh at O.J. Simpson. Getting <laughs> cathartic yeah, to just yeah. watch him get mm -hmm. pulverized. And A of, little, but not enough. Not enough. And I don't forgive you, O.J. And of course, who can forget your very first high on film appearance? Uh, uh, a a <laughs> break from this line of masters. Uh, episode 18. Was your first appearance oh, six years ago? Wow! And you did, wow. uh, for some inexplicable reason, the movie Rounders. I did indeed do the movie <laughs> Rounders. In my defense, though, uh -huh. that is the creator of Billions that wrote and directed Rounders. Oh, okay. So he's he's still working. Sure. Are you a big you know? Billions fan? Ah, uh, the biggest. <laughs> I pay for all the billboards around town. The Last Supper ones. Those are mine. Oh. Those are all mine. Good idea. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> Even nice. though I was doing Last Supper when it's only the second season or third season. Oh, well, you know. 
Well, are, is that a spoiler? Are you telling us that this is the last supper for? Oh, Berlin? I'm just—I uh, don't know. I'm just paying for the billboards. Okay. <laughs> you don't watch the show. You just pay for the billboards. Exactly. No, I've, I've seen about two or three episodes. Not for me. Uh, uh, well, yeah. American movie obviously is for you. You chose it this is. movie for it us to is. watch. Yes. Why? Well, there's a there's a lot of reasons. I mean, for, for one, um, I do feel as though the movies that I've chosen um, during our run here. Mm-hmm. Um, all have a lot of rewatchability to them. And in my opinion, this is, I mean, it's the most rewatchable documentary I've seen and definitely the most quotable, in my opinion. Now, I haven't seen every documentary. I'm not You an haven't expert. seen every documentary. You fucking lazy. I, I can't oh. believe <laughs> we're going to talk about this now. This is supposed to be a happy time. I'm sorry. Where you you you're don't right. want to say anything you'll regret, because I will not be back here. Not for this. You're right. Well, I you can say something you'll regret. We have a section at the end of the show for that. Oh, podcast regrets. That's exactly. true. Yeah. yeah. I guess you can take it back. Oh, very <laughs> clever, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> so he can just attack me all he wants, and then just be like, ah, he's like a born-again Christian at the end. That's the idea. <laughs> Pretty much, ah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. It's a shortcut. So... Yeah, that, those those were the initial reasons why I chose it. And then also, um, well, I'm going to be trying to make a film soon. And I, I felt as though, like, one thing this this particular movie taught me is, like, even back then, is I, I saw this the first year I moved here. Um, it taught me just how hard and how grueling making a film can be. Um, but it's also inspirational in that, you know, like he was up against a lot more than we are today. Oh yeah. You know, like they're physically cutting the film and splicing it and shooting on through miles of footage, miles of footage and miles of money. Like uh, God knows how much he spent on film over the years. Um, so it was, it was just like kind of a good revisit to just, cause I've always found the movie Fairly inspirational. I do too. I do too. Yeah. I, I mean, it's for, for a lot of different reasons. Not just because, like, you know, like I, he accomplished his goals. It was more about like, what would these people be doing if they weren't doing this? Yeah. You know, yeah, like if they didn't question. have this purpose, like there, it seems like a lot of people in the film would be fairly rudderless mm-hmm. without Mark and without his. Crazy vision. dream, yeah. and vision, and just like, hey, you know, like he even says at one point, like, I gotta give these people something to do, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, they're putting scarecrows out for a radio play, idle hands it's at like, the devil's yeah, playground, give them something to do. <laughs> so, and I think it's also, I, I believe anyone who wants to try to be an artist of any kind, in a. Uh, in, a, in, a, in an ambitious way. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, you, you, you draw a picture now and again, or, you, or, you know, you just, it's just a hobby. If you're trying to do it in an ambitious way, this movie teaches you about the cost of that, um, the difficulty of that, but also the potential safety it can give you. Because a lot of people that are drawn to art, at least a lot of people I know, don't know, at least in that, you know in that respect, they don't know what else to do. Yeah. And when they don't do that, when they don't pursue or try and craft new art, they can fall apart 
Yeah. So I, I just, I just love the movie for all those reasons, and I think it's, uh, it's one that I revisit every now and again, just to, you know, just as a reminder of what it means and why it's important, why it's important to me, and why it's important to other people. Yeah. That I know. Did you ever see uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop? I have. Yes. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah, loved I do too. I, I think that's a very interesting uh, other side to the art. Uh, that displays. I think it would be a nice double feature. Mm, hmm, yeah, maybe. Because you find out how much it means to Banksy when yeah this other guy starts just completely exactly. whoring just, it just, out, just doing the exact for same money. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's quite poignant, Clark. I really like that. Um, you want to talk about a few other movies before we really dig our teeth into American? Movies? I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, we I'll got this little about all segment. The I can while I can with you guys. Uh, we got this little segment called Trash Star Destroy. Heard of that? <laughs> I'm sure you have. Three movies of a similar ilk. Uh, one we ask you to trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in, in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And of course, the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version of the film that has ever been uh, made has been written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of The Rock fame. So, let's do three uh, American documentaries. Mm, All right? Okay. Uh, so, documentaries that not only made in America, but I think deal with, uh, some, some very American, uh, things. Okay. So we'll do American movie. Filmmaking, American dream, boom. We'll do Bowling for Columbine, <laughs> guns, hmm. school shootings, and we'll do Super Size Me, Mickey D's, Obesity's. <laughs> <laughs> American movie, Bowling for Columbine, <laughs> Super Size Me, Trash Star Destroy. Ooh, okay. Uh, I think there is... I, I guess I'd probably want to be an American movie, I guess. Um, because I just kind of want to interact with these people a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just because they're fa- they're fascinating, like these are very small town, very just like, um, just not people that I you know don't live in the big city. Just very kind of simple, uh, simple living, and that's kind of would be an interesting thing to hang around. And you know, I I'm fine with trying to make a movie. I mean, I'll just hang around and like watch this guy <laughs> try to make this fucking movie. Get your head thrown <laughs> through a cabinet. A couple yeah. times in the room. This guy just sits around and drinks all day anyway. So, uh, so I think I'll be an American movie. I'm going to trash supersize me mostly because I want to see Michael Bay do bowling for Columbine. Uh, wow. So that is a, that is quite the paradox. Well, I mean, friend. Yeah. Wow. For, I, I mean, I just cause I don't know what that is. Like yeah. I can't even really wrap my head around what that would be. Like, is it actually interesting to see Bay whose movies are all about like, sh- you know, shoot em up movies kind of actually deal with this subject? Would it just be way too surface and not actually deal with any of the issues? I mean, is it still Michael Moore? Or no, is it, it's Michael Bay. Oh, Michael, Michael Bay. Yeah. Michael Bay is now the one on camera as well. I, I unless you think he would. It might cast be Wahlberg or be, something like yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I don't hey, Charlton know. Heston, how you doing, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't what do know. you want to say to this dead kid? <laughs> I, mean, I brought a picture. <laughs> I mean, I would have initially probably started bowling for Columbine and just was Michael Moore, mm-hmm. but I 
do kind of want to be an American movie. So, yeah, that's a controversial choice, but I'm going to give Michael Bay only for Columbine. I mean, it's, it will be interesting one way or the other to see his what he does with it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Who are you starring as in American movie? Oh, uh, I'll be like the... Um, the guy who gets out of jail. Oh, Kenny Keene. Kenny Keene, yeah. yeah. He seems like a good one. The bad influence. Yeah, yeah sure. I just kind of want to like... And Mark is a bad influence on him. I yeah. only want to be there so much. Yeah. So, but just to kind of see the interactions would be funny. All right. Clark, what are you doing here? Okay. American movie Bowling for Columbine, supersize me. All right. I am going to trash Bowling for Columbine. Um... Because, you know, that it, things have gotten much, much worse since Bowling for Columbine. So, I don't think trashing it's really going to do anything. And, my, and, and Michael okay. Moore has got plenty of other documentaries before, after. And also, the, the his movies are just so one-sided to me. Sure. You know, he's not the, the fairest documentarian. But, I mean, I think no. some of his movies are important. Uh, that being said, I am going to destroy, um, Supersize Me. Okay, Michael yeah. Bay is supersizing. Yeah. This I is kind of what I had in mind. Yeah, because I want to see Michael <laughs> Bay eat McDonald's for 30 days. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's kind of hilarious. I didn't think of yeah. that side of it. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to fit into his leather The Rock jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Which he has and has worn as recently as four years ago. <laughs> I have it on good authority. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've gone out in too. public with it. Yeah. Sure. It's his finest movie. But it's a leather jacket from like 1997. That's when leather jackets were good, Clark. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I don't know, man. I think they were pretty good in the 70s. That's that's yeah. the leather jacket. Well, I, I think this for me. 77, 87, 97. <laughs> it's all the sevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that's wow. when leather oh, jackets wow. are really, really okay. Hot. Oh, yeah, you're pretty right. Big years. Yeah. yeah. Man, so we missed a, We just missed a chance last year to pick up a hot leather jacket. I bought one last year. You did? But not last year. Two years ago in preparation for it. Ah. Wow. A thinker. Yeah. But that means you have a 2016 jacket. That's true. And I actually oh. think of it might be even like 14 or 13. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's on the boy. sevens. It's boy. on the sevens. Yeah, I know. Well, I just knew that now. I didn't know that then. Oh, man. That I can't then. wait till 2027 when the leather jacket's going to have phone chargers in it and a little laptop and maybe you can... Dry itself like the Back to the Future one. Oh, yeah. That'd be something. That'd be cool. Anyway, I'm going to star an American movie, and I'm going to star as... Let's see. I'm going for uh, Robert Richard Jorge. Ah. Yes. The the fine thespian. Yes, the fine wow. thespian. Because I, I could get to do community theater all the time. You know he's in every community theater production yes, yes. for sure. Oh, he is the star of most of yeah. them. Like, yeah. they do Lear just because they have him in town. I have a similar passion for pronunciation as he does. I'm, I'm with him. I'm, I'm riding with Jorge. All right. Good choice. Okay. You know, <coughs> excuse me. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the high road here. And I'm going to star in Bowling for Big Columbine oh, as Charlton Heston. And I'm going to have a miraculous change of heart and turn around the NRA before it's too late when Michael Moore comes to my house. I suppose it's a documentary. They can't stop you. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to do, I'm going to star in that. I'm going to 
But when it's in the credits and Christopher Maxwell as Charlton Heston, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be weird. The jig's gonna be up. Well, it's a documentary, so it's I'm I am I am that person. Oh, so right, you right, are right. So you're just the president of the NRA yeah. for a, a time. Good. <laughs> are, you, are you gonna be working undercover during the time? Are you gonna be like a double agent? Are you know, you I don't think so. Are you brainwashed, so like Manchurian you didn't realize. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like you didn't realize that. Like, they made you the head of the NRA because they needed a figurehead? You're going to have to watch the documentary to find out, okay. I think. I guess, oh, man. man, man what going to be something. Yeah. Jeez. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to trash supersize me. And I because I, I want to see Michael Bay's low-budget, problem-ridden American movie. I want to see Michael Bay in a small town with uh, scraping together money trying to make his first feature film. That actually is awesome. Oh, so awesome. you're, you're going to have Michael Bay as Mark Borchardt, then? Yes. Oh, I didn't but know that was an option. option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, technically, oh, he doesn't man. direct the movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Oh, man, that's making me rethink that. See, that's huge curveball yeah. right there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. never mind. We're trashing American movie. He's going to supersize himself. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I, think, I think watching Michael Bay shovel a ton of McDonald's Three meals a, a day of McDonald's. Yeah. It's gonna be great for everybody. It's a match made in heaven. Michael Bay yeah. and McDonald's. Yeah. And then like, I don't know why I was trying to subvert it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, Michael Bay is the McDonald's of filmmakers. He is. He really it's is. True. Yeah. Great fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's do one more uh, trash star destroy category. Let's do three movies. About making American movies. Mm, okay. Okay? Three movies that deal with making American movies. Of course, the classic, Singing in the Rain. Uh, my favorite Tim Burton movie, Ed Wood. Mm. And, of course, Zack and Miri make a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Three very distinct oh, American movies yeah. behind the scenes. Singing in the Rain, Ed Wood, and Zack and Miri make a porno. Trash, star, destroy. Uh, I am going... Ooh, yeah, that's tough. I, I love Ed Wood, and I love Singing in the Rain. But I kind of want to keep uh, Ed Wood more, I think. Because I think that's almost a little more of an original... I mean, we, get a lot, we have a lot of musicals. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to star in Ed Wood. I'm going to play the Johnny Depp role. Because then we get that asshole out of that movie. Sure. Mm. And then I get to work with uh, Martin Landau in a Oscar-winning performance. And I work with Tim Burton. That's kind of a... That's a win-win-win. Kind win. of a win all around. Here. Yeah, that's, that's pretty damn good. Tim Burton's going to be kind of mad that you took his muse away, though. That's all right. He'll thank me in the long run. find out, though. Like, that's not He'll part of it. He'll never know the difference. Yeah. yeah. So then, what? Singing in the rain and oh, Zach and Mary. Uh, I, I've I believe I have said on this podcast before that I have dreamed about Michael Bay doing a musical and what that could be. Now, granted, Singing in the Rain it, it becomes a piece of shit, and that's mm -hmm. really a shame because it is a <laughs> yeah. American classic. But. I think it's more fun to see what Michael Bay will do with that than to trash it. It's going to be singing in the hurricane. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Rock Me Like a Hurricane will be in there. Oh, yes, definitely. 
It's probably called Rocky. it's called Rocky like a Rocky hurricane like a, instead of singing in the rain. Yeah. yeah. Or singing on a plane. <laughs> oh, singing on a plane's great. Yeah, I mean the the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And that's just much more fun. And then I'm trashing Zach and Mary, which I actually enjoy as a movie. And it's filmed in Monroeville, hometown. Yeah. Um but I think that's okay. We'll we'll be fine without Zach and Mary make a point out. Okay. Clark. Okay, I'm going to do a similar thing. Uh, I am going to star in Ed Wood as well, mm. but I'm going to take the Bella Lugosi role. <coughs> it's a great role. Best case scenario, I win an Oscar, and if I fuck it up, then Sam Jackson gets an Oscar for Pulp Fiction. Oh, That's not so bad. That is a win-win. Right? That's How? a pretty good idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yes. Boy, is Sam Jackson deserving of an Oscar for that role. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, one of the most iconic supporting performances in the last 30 years. I so. agree. Um... Then I'm going to trash Zack and Miri. I enjoy that movie as well. Uh, hopefully I can still rema uh, remember the uh, the joke of Star Trek's... Uh, whatever it was. Oh. Space fuck Revenge of the Shit. The yeah. all-anal edition. Oh, yeah, Great yeah. joke. <laughs> Maybe Craig Robinson would just tell me that one time when he's at Boardwalk 11 or something like that. There you go. And Perfect. then I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to... I'm, I'm rolling with Brad. I'm giving Michael Bay singing in the rain. Absolutely, because you'd still have Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds, but they're trying their best to sell lyrics written by Michael Bay, because he writes the film too. Lyrics by Michael Bay is why I am yes. so in on oh, this. Oh, man. That's and, a dream scenario. Yeah, and to still watch you know the composer try to wrap some sort of song around these batshit crazy lyrics, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh... That's not something I can do. I can't give that to Michael Bay. Uh, That's all right. I'm going to give Michael Bay, Zach, and Miri make a porno. I think I'm going to do that. I'd like to see him work with Seth Rogen. I think it'd be interesting. I don't think he will be as fair to uh, the women in the cast as the Zach and Miri make a porno is, but... No, I don't think so. Well, that's Michael Bay. Um... Justin Long will be playing a lot gayer, too. Yeah, probably. Like very stereotypically probably. gay. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Mm, my cho I don't know what to star in. Donald O'Connor in Singing in the Rain. Pretty great. Oh, Make him yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, I'm leaning towards that. Do you get to be able to do the flip off the wall if I you hope take so. that role? Yeah. Well, if that... I've well, seen Chris shit, try to do that before. That. It didn't work out too well. I <laughs> did it fine three <laughs> times. It was the fourth time that went a little awry. broke your neck. Well... <laughs> that's why they say the third time's a charm. That you is why. You went back to the well too many times, yeah. old Maxwell. Third time's a charm. Fourth time is near death. <laughs> the fourth time's a broken arm. Yep. Um, or I could be the other piece of shit in Ed Wood, Jeffrey Jones, oh. and get him out of that movie. Yeah. 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 he is. Yeah. I mean, he is a... What, he had child porn? Or yeah, yeah, I believe so. Oof. So yeah, maybe we'll just trash Ed Wood, unfortunately, uh, for the pieces of garbage in the cast. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Singing in the Rain. I'm in Hollywood Classic. So then what's your favorite Tim Burton movie after that? Beetlejuice? Batman? Uh, Batman or Edward Scissorhands? Edward Scissorhands, mm. right. Yeah, probably. It's not Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it's it's not. No, that's that's shocking, shocking to me. What a shocker! Yeah. What about the uh, through the looking glass? Never saw that. One. Oh, you know, I skipped that one. Wow, it is 
I don't know. I didn't see it either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I will never. I, I I couldn't even sit through more than twenty minutes of Alice in Wonderland. Well, I saw that in the theater. I think. Yes. Yeah. I think we saw. Yeah, it. we did. Unfortunately. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. But you know what is the best American movie? We're gonna take a break and be right back and sink our teeth into more American movie with Clark Kohler. Right after this. Hey everybody, it's me, Chris again. I don't have to tell you, I do a lot of podcasts, so I wear a lot of headphones, and after a while, so many brands, so many styles can hurt my ears after wearing them for sometimes hours on end. But I'll tell you, right now, I'm wearing studio headphones and I couldn't be more comfortable. They sent me the Regent design. It's their premium on-ear model. It has impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and well-balanced sound I can't ask for anything more, but they gave us more anyway. Over 24 hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life. They make the Regent the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. And it'll connect to any device that has Bluetooth in addition to having an optional auxiliary cord if you don't want to use the wireless. Studio is making all kinds of fashionable, tech-savvy headphones that match the quality of the market's highest-rated headphones for a fraction of the cost. And if you use the discount code HIGHONFILM, all one word, all smashed together, HIGHONFILM, you will receive 15% off your order. That is in addition to their free worldwide shipping. Guys, do not turn down this opportunity. Do not compromise fashion or sound quality or comfort. Take advantage of this. Get yourself some studio headphones and make listening to your music or your podcasts or your audiobooks an impeccable, fashionable, and comfortable experience. Back to the show. And we're back, high on film, talking American movie today, a documentary from 1999 with guest Clark Kohler, back for his final appearance. All right, guys, we're dipping our, uh, dipping our toes into the icy, cool waters of spoiler country. Oh, baby. It's time for the summary game. Uh, the first official game of the podcast, that's worth a damn, that's zero to two points each as we... Each take a turn at summarizing American movie in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. Now this is a 107 minute movie, allowing us each 10.7 seconds to give the best damn summary we can of the documentary American movie. Uh, zero is the minimum, two is the maximum of points that we'll each uh, give each other on your patented high on film scorecards. Please use decimals to refine your score as we go about this. Of course, during the break, we had our patented toying cost coin toss. Toss the three-sided coin into the air to determine who would go first. Brad, you call it in the air, and you son of a bitch, you got it. Unbelievable. I'm such a son of a bitch. Unbelievable. Every bitch. time. I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm going to have this How does thing... this guy not gamble? He's, he does nothing but win. 33% odds. I mean... Yeah. And he wins charm hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. If they have toying costs in Vegas, you're going. Oh. Yeah. You don't I'm have to put it down. <laughs> I'm looking into it. Once uh, once this show's over, I'm going to need to find a new you know, way to make money. Yeah. So There it is. Yep. Brad, you going first, second, or third in today's program? I think I'm going to go first. I'm in the mood to, I'm in the mood to do, just do it. Just do it. 
The old Nike, Nike slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Weird okay. how they're tied up in Wild Wild Country and in Heaven's Gate cult. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. It's weird. Mm. Nike, huh? Nike, oh, huh? You, th you think they were just able to come up with that waffle shoe without some sort of influence? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah G-She's did mm -hmm. it? Okay. All right, Brad. 10.7 seconds uh, to forget about a docu-series on Netflix and talk about American movie. Okay. 10.7 in three, two, one... A filmmaker tries to make his movie, but he can't because he doesn't have enough money, and he decides to then uh, go back to making an old short film that he did. He actually completes that and uh, films it for, or shows it for everybody in the town. Time. Wow. Nailed it. Yeah, Pretty really good. good. Really good. Good job, Brad. All right, thank you. <clears throat> All right. All right. Chris, yes, sir. 10.7? You got 10. it. 10.7. All it. right. Are you ready? Sure. Great. In three, two, one. An independent filmmaker uh, who has trouble making a feature film uh, tries to, but then needs more money, so he finishes a short he used to make, a horror short, with his friends, uh, immense money troubles, and uh, he shows it. Time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he shows it. He shows it. That's still pretty good. Thanks. Not bad. Clark, here you go. 10.7 seconds for your precious American movie. All right. In three, two, one... The Borchardt family and some Borchardt's friends try to help an American filmmaker realize the American dream by abandoning a long film to get a short film to pay for the long film again. Does it happen? Time. Find out. <laughs> After this. Great job, though. Yeah, good job. That's really good. I think we got out a pretty, uh, pretty accurate yeah. summary. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. No way around. <laughs> Guys, it's time for the second game of the podcast, First Impressions. This time we're each going to give a line to the person sitting to our right from American Movie. We'd like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. This time the game is a little heavier weighted. Zero to three points for each player involved. That's each one of us. What? Each, each, each. That's right. Each, each, each. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> That's a great song. It's the song. song of this century. Yeah. Like, wow. 2000s. It's just like Biggest the new Kanye that came out. Yeah. Yeah. scoop a poop yeah. yeah, I haven't heard that one yet. You're, oh, yeah. You're good. Sc scoop of the poop? Scoopity poop. Scoopity poop. Yep. Is it about following his dog around the lawn? It like, very well may be. And it's now four weeks old. All right. <laughs> it's no longer new. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's how it goes in these crazy times of ours. That's right. There's a new song every day. Yeah, the new news media cycle. Yep. The media media cycle. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Can't believe I haven't heard Scoop of the Poop. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to go first this time, uh, since Brad took the liberty of going first for the last game. And Clark, I'm going to give you a line I'd like to hear you impersonate. Okay. If you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Um, boy, you know, me and, and uh, this character, character, real person, Mark, uh, I feel like we have a lot in common. And one thing that seems to be in common is that uh, he loves Casablanca. And he... Well, he talks about his life, and one day he <laughs> talks about how he was drinking some peppermint schnapps, and he had to call Morocco, trying to talk to the hotel that's in Casablanca. And, uh, well, let's just, let's let him tell the story. Last night, man, I was so drunk, I was calling Morocco, man, calling, trying to get to the Hotel Hilton at Tangiers in Casablanca, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's pathetic, man. Is that what you want to do with your life? Suck down peppermint schnapps and try to call Morocco at 2 in the morning? That's senseless, but that's what happens, man. 
All right, Clark, whenever you're ready, tell us a little bit about life. All right, well, luckily, somebody at IMDb wrote this down very, very accurately for me. Last night, man, I was so drunk, I was calling Morocco, man. Calling, trying to get to the Hotel Hilton at Tangiers in Casablanca, man. That's, I mean, that's pathetic, man. Is that what you want to do with your life? Suck down peppermint schnapps and try to call Morocco at 2 in the morning? That, that's senseless. But that's what happens, man. Yeah, that was pretty great. Well, can't say I'm surprised. Yep, yep. Can't say I'm surprised either. I think right. you've won the uh, first first impressions round every time you've been on the podcast. Yeah, our well, I, I do enjoy it. Our very own Monet. That's right. Bonjour. Très bien. Is it my turn now? Clark, it is your turn, in fact, to give Brad any line you'd like to hear him in person. All right, all right. I'm going to give you a Mike Shank line. Or just, you know, a little piece of Mike, Mike Shank's soul. I don't know if you can call them lines and documentaries. <laughs> but uh, he is discussing um, how his friendship with Mark began. Uh, it began in a basement and involved, well, vodka. As we'll learn, a lot of vodka or a lot of talk of vodka. One day I was partying in my basement and I always used to get like pissed off inside because I would want to party really heavy and no one else would, you know. And then all of a sudden Mark came over and uh, it's either I had a bottle of vodka or he had a bottle of vodka. But anyway, we were drinking vodka and I was, I was so happy that I found someone who would drink vodka with me, you know. So, um, and then Mark would drink vodka with me all the time. We'd, we'd, uh, you know, I'd go over there all the time, and we'd buy a fifth of vodka, and we'd share it, you know. And uh, that really made me happy. All right, Brad Davis. You're Mike Shank. <laughs> all right. <laughs> One day I was partying in my basement, and I always used to get, like, pissed off inside because I wouldn't want to party really heavy, and no one else would, you know. And then all of a sudden, Mark came over, and... Uh, Either I had a bottle of vodka or he had a bottle of vodka. But anyway, we were drinking vodka, and I was so happy that I found someone who would drink vodka with me, you know? So um, then Mark would drink vodka with me all the time. We'd, uh, you know, I'd go over there all the time, and we'd buy a fifth of vodka, and we'd share it, you know? And uh, that made me really happy. <laughs> that was really nice. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> nice little like, inspiring tale. I didn't uh, set up my breaths well enough, so but that happened. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I am out of, I have nothing left. Yeah, not he, can, he do, can ramble yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's like I have to work. I have to do breathing exercises. <laughs> yeah, Brad, Chris, take a breath. Yes, I'm good. Do you have a line for me? I do. Uh, I have a Mark line ah, for you. Back to Mark. It is. Uh, a scene where Mark is giving his Uncle Bill, I believe. Yeah, his Uncle Bill, Bill yep. Yeah. A bath. And we are kind of given this view of it where you can't see Uncle Bill in the bathtub, but all you can see is Mark kind of leaning over the bathtub and just kind of talking to him. And yeah. Elderly Uncle Bill. Right, elderly Uncle Bill. Um, and Mark notices... One of Uncle Bill's toenails and feels the need to comment on it. That's a wicked ass toenail, dude. Whoa! That toenail's more than a quarter inch thick. I know. That's a science photo. 
Science class? Yeah, they could use that in science class. Science class? All right. <clears throat> Let's see if I can get my Midwestern accent going. <clears throat> That's a wicked-ass toenail, dude. Whoa! That toenail's more than a quarter-inch tick. That's a science photo. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Not bad. Not all right. bad at all. Thanks, guys. Uh, well, once you're done scoring, you can put your scorecards to the side because we're getting into the open forum discussion part of the show we like to call scene work. Of course, if it's not readily apparent, we are an optimistic podcast, so we will start things off optimistically. Do-do-do-do! Best scene. What's the best scene in an American movie? Go ahead, uh, Brad. I, well, so I, okay, I will say this, and I do think the best thing about this movie is probably Mark. And that dude, <laughs> he is hilarious. As you can, like, these lines we're doing for first impressions... There's a he has a lot of those in this movie, and that yeah, is yeah, he certainly does. Definitely, and he is like kind of a, a a charming guy in a way. Like this very, he has this very offbeat charm. Yeah. But you do like a lot of the people in the movie even say like his brother or they, they like he can just talk. Like he is very good at his talking. dad, who isn't too hot on him, even says if you know he's when he's talking about his brother Bill, he's like, yeah, Bill, I thought him. Oh yeah, well, it's brother. his dad's brother. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's always been tight with money, but if anyone can get it out of him. It's Mark. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, he does, and he get does get credit. money from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I'm going to choose one scene, I think it has to be the scene where uh, Mark they're filming the movie and Mark is trying to slam the one actor's head. <laughs> it's through, got, yeah, it's got to be the yeah. head smash through <laughs> this like cabinet door like that are yeah. like in his kitchen, and the <laughs> actor start like the guy who plays the. Uh, Tom something. Tom Schimmel. I Schimmel, yeah. yeah. He even before we're shown the scene, like we, he sees the storyboard and he says how we shot. They had shot this previously, like a couple of years ago, and he was yeah. really hoping this was one of the shots that they got right. That the first they got time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they like set up like they kind of weaken this they score the inside of the cabinet yeah. door. Yeah, and so then you watch him like. Slam this guy's head into it probably like four times. It You're doesn't like break at all. Double times in a row. Yeah. Like no break in between. No break at all. Resets, like does it two more times. And then Mark goes up and like checks the door and he like tries to punch it or hits it something with it. He's like, like punches it out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, this is never, like realizes this is never going to break. Yeah. He's just like, oh, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to put your head through that, man. <laughs> it is. So funny, and then they still have to do it one more time, and they finally do get it. Yeah. But man, oh man, was I laughing my ass off in that scene because yeah. it is ridiculous. It's so against all actor safety regulations. Yes. Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. He's literally slamming this guy's head into like hard. Yeah. 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 Into a cabinet that was built to last. Like that's an old cabinet. Yep. Like if you, it's not IKEA. Like yeah. Thing, yeah. They had to take a skill saw to it for. Quite a bit. Like when you saw Come when they finally got it yeah, through, yeah. that thing was cut in half. Pretty much. I mean, that guy is in concussion protocol. Absolutely worth the yeah, shot. He's, he's under the blue tent. Worth the shot. Yeah. I mean, from what we see later, the shot does look decent, but no, yeah. probably not worth the <laughs> yeah, shot. I know. I know. <laughs> they certainly use some earlier takes in that That's shot. That's true. Which yeah. they might not have otherwise. It's true. It so. adds a. And adds an element. That might have been his plan all along. <laughs> Maybe. He's a fucking genius. That's why he put Ken Keen in charge of scoring it. Yeah. 
Well, it's the genius who takes what they have and yeah. purposely uses it. The guy that they picked up from jail. Yeah. That the cops were waiting for him. I wish house. you would have known what he did. Yeah. He doesn't actually get into the crime. Yeah. But the boys were waiting on him. Yep, boys are waiting on him. Yeah. Clark, what's your best scene here? Uh, I mean, that's that's the uh, that's <clears> the money scene of the of the whole movie. But I for me, um, I really like the opening scene. It's it's uh yeah. it's a great establishment of who he is, where he's talking about like Oh, this one's past due, and oh, you know, like, and this, you know, because, like, honestly, for one, we've been there, yeah. you know, like, I've, I've been, like, $500 short on rent, and then I get, like, a residual check in the mail, and it's like, oh, I have a place to live still, so, like, he gets, it's crazy, he has, like, thousands and thousands of dollars that he's talking about, legal, oh, great, legal action, and then he opens one, <laughs> one envelope, and it's like, oh, Universal card has arrived? Kick fucking ass. I got a MasterCard. Mm -hmm. And it's just like such a great establishment of like, this is a different kind of dude. This is yeah. this is a guy with a different set of priorities. And, you know, it just goes from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he spends a lot of time railing against the system, saying he'll never work like a nine to five and it would be a factory man. He yeah. doesn't want to yeah. do any of that. Um but yeah, he's, he is so interesting and so funny. Like, he knows his stuff about films. Like, you see in that opening, they scan through all his film books. Like, oh, yeah. There's tons of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's clearly read them. He throws around the terminology correctly and often. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, a lot of his shots look really good. Yeah he's, he, he, yeah, he's got a good eye. Yeah, really does. I think, I agree, head through the cabinet, probably the best scene as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for the sake of something else, uh, I'll go with the end scene actually, with uh, when Mark talks about the American dream to Bill. And mm. Bill, I'm not even sure what to make of what's going through Bill's mind. It could just be a little bit of rambling. But he starts going about like, because uh, Mark says, yeah, that's the American dream. Don't you want the American dream? And mm. Bill sits there in silence and he finally says, come again. Come again. Uh, heaven help you. And he, it starts evolving and he starts saying, heaven help you, God help you, everybody help you. Be happy. Be a comedian. Make everybody laugh. And it's this almost like, I, I'm not sure he's meaning to say it or if it's misfires or anything, but it's turns out to be very poignant mm. and very introspective for this, you know, dying old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in response to Mark asking about the American dream, I, I just found it just really nice and... Yeah, just a wonderful little way to, to end the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you he kind do of puts his head down right at, like, there's yeah. kind of almost a beat of, I don't want to say giving up, but like exhaustion over it or something, like, or just it all being too much and he's just kind of sad. I'm not really yeah. sure. Well, because he starts almost mocking Mark when he says, like, come again. It seems like he's mocking him, but then it changes into, like, as he starts going, like, everybody help you, but then he starts saying, like, be happy, be a comedian, make people laugh, but then it's like sounds sincere at the end. And it's just such a such a delicate evolution of yeah. how it progresses. And it's just oh, it's just Yeah, that one really makes that last title card when they say that he passed Uncle away. Uncle Bill yeah. passed away shortly after the premiere. It's you know, even more And he left Mark fifty thousand dollars to finish his movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Because yeah, I, I think yeah, it would I think I think with Uncle Bill, like, you know, uh, his 
brother talks about him saying like, oh, you know what, he used to be a scholar when you look at him now. He used to be a scholar and he used to be very, you know, intelligent and everything. And then later on in the movie, Bill says like, you know, he's he's saying, uh, he's basically re um, repeating a poem that he wrote about um, a lost love mm -hmm. that had passed away. And someone asked him if it's a song. He's like, no, that's what happened to me. Yeah. And so it, it does seem like he's self-aware enough to know that he, he he does look at himself and say, what happened to me? Where did I go? Like, he's on the outside looking in and at, at himself mm -hmm. and being like, wow, this is what I've become. But I do think there is some lucidity in that last little bit of, I mean, it is kind of rambling, but at the same time, he's like... He's he's almost arguing against this idea of the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a romantic, you know. Right. Like he's a romantic guy. Like, no, be happy. I, I, who cares about money? I have money. Yeah. But, you know, I don't have the woman I love anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think there is, I think there is a little bit of like I think he knows what he's talking about a little bit in that last one because he's like, look, forget. Because, yeah, he was going to pass away soon after. It does seem like it's his last words to Mark, almost. Even though I'm sure it's not. Absolutely. But. Well, especially, like, he knows. He's, I mean, Jesus, movie starts out with Mark kind of in a spot of losing his mind. And being yeah. like, what happened? Looking back. He even says, he starts the movie. I was a failure. Now I'm back to being Mark with a beer in his hand and the great American screenplay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of lamenting all this lost time. Yeah, he's talking about second chances. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we never really get to why he needs a second chance. Well, I mean, it seems like he feels like he wasted a lot of his time. Right, right. Drinking beers and getting high. Yeah. Um, when all these other movies, like, you know, scenes exist from these movies, they're just not completed, or he's going yeah. back to refilm. Right. Yeah, Bill's an interesting character because he's kind of what, like, what uh, Mark talks about as far as, like, having, you, you know, if you're not making movies, then you work in a job you hate and you have, like, nothing going on you're kind of seeing that almost through bill mm -hmm. like i feel like bill's bill knows he's never going to get this money back from him he borrows three thousand dollars from him he's like i'm going to sell this for 14.95 three thousand of these and i make your money back bill knows he's never getting that fucking money back absolutely but he gives him the money he's on set with him sitting there while they're doing these movies like he just wants to be around yeah and it's and you see him when he's in his head. Like, what do you? He come. Mark comes in at one point. Hey, like, hey, what are you doing? Just sitting. And they like even do like a quick pan of all the stuff in his house, and it's all it's just tools that aren't uh, like pans and stuff that aren't Dirty used pans, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like things where they're not. Um, it's just they they don't function anymore. Yeah, he's not doesn't really function anymore. So yeah, it's a very sad. He is a very poignant character when he talks about his wife when. Kind of all these moments are very, especially when you find out later that he dies shortly after this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's he sticks with me more almost more than anything yeah. from that from that standpoint. A strange connection, like Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. Yes, mm. that is that's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, just to piggyback again on as far as that last scene, the other thing I just thought of is that um, it's the only time Bill really tries to. You know, give give Mark another idea instead of just being like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, that'll be the day." Mm -hmm. He's actually giving him some input, maybe even giving him some advice in a sense. 
Quite possibly. And I don't know. That could they, maybe that's what he felt that Mark needed at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he maybe d- is doing that, but also kind of comes to realize that maybe this is making him happy. Doing this, making these movies is making yeah, him happy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll never know, I guess. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, if there's a best scene, there has to be worst scene. What's the worst scene in an American movie? Anything? Boy, there's not much. I mean, yeah. I nitpicked for something, and I guess one little thing, and boy, am I nitpicking. But after a while, I got a little... And by the end, they started actually giving title cards that help. There's so many cut-to-blacks in this movie, where it's just... Like, we're in the middle of the scene, cut-to-black, and now we're popping up again, and it's... Well, there's tons of dime lapses in this. Yes, and and I'm <laughs> saying, like, a lot of those actually have title cards, but... I mean, that's even when time lapses aren't... They just relied on that a lot. Gotcha. I'm telling you, I'm nitpicking here. But it just... After a while, I when I picked up on how much they were doing it, every time it would happen again, I was like, oh, God, just come up with some other way to transition between scenes. Yeah, yeah. That's um, fair. And, yeah, and I, I wanted to say, too, that because we paused this around, like, 55 minutes of an hour and 40-minute movie... And around 55 minutes, I was like, man, I can't believe we still have this much time left. Like, I kind of thought we were closer to the end. And I was going to say that like it could have probably been a little shorter. But honestly, by the end of the movie, I, I, I didn't really know where I would specifically cut. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a lot of exposition. And then they start really rolling after we had our bathroom break. Right. Bathroom pizza break. Bathroom not pizza. bathroom pizza. Yeah, yeah, not pizza made yeah, of bathroom. the old bathroom pizza. Pizza and bathroom break. <clears throat> Salmon in the dishwasher. Salmon in the dishwasher. But, yeah, <laughs> so quite honestly, that's not much else. I mean... Yeah, mine's like a complaint about one of the characters. I think the brother's a dick. <laughs> yeah, the brother's a total... Like, I thought he was going to be a stalker. Maybe he'd kill me. Yeah, that guy yeah. was like, like Just because he liked some horror movies. Yeah, and he's the one yeah. who looks like a fucking sociopath. Well, he even kind of no, said he, that. No, he, he actually says, like, those thoughts may have been me. I think yeah. oh, he's oh. like, he might be the serial He killer. gets self-reflexive a little bit, like, but then maybe um, those are just my thoughts. Oh, yeah. was like, just that's what thoughts. me and Clark were like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's why, that's why we were, we were, we were, we were like, like, what? what? Wait, what did, did he say that? Yeah. That is... A tad psychotic. A tad, yeah, it's tad funny because like I forgot that he said that. Like, and I've seen this movie probably four times now, and I remember him saying like he thought Mark was going to be a serial killer, but I I don't remember him turning it around on himself, being like that might have been me. And then he has those crazy eyes. Yeah, You're like shit, this guy he might kill somebody. Um, I would say if I if I had to nitpick it all, I might have wanted to know what the brothers actually do. Okay. You know, like, they're, they're, or, or, or anybody, really. Um, just because, like, they're weighing in on his life, but we don't know what they do. Like, we know one of them wears a Hooters t-shirt on purpose oh, when man. he's going to be on camera. Like, he, he's like, man, he's I'm like, on camera today, yeah. gotta wear my best shirt. Yeah, I look fucking awesome with this Hooters shirt on. Yeah. It's clean, it's white. Because they always say, wear white on camera. They probably <laughs> asked him to wear something else. Is now I'm thinking about He's it. Like, I got no. No, I've been no, saying. Like, oh, you want to wear that? Okay. He was, he was over that day, and they just got him whatever. What, yeah, nah, nah. He he had that pressed. 
Yeah. yeah okay. Whether or not he was on camera, he still wore a Hooters shirt to his parents' house. That's true. I love it. That's that's interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they're factory workers and things yeah. like that, like a yeah. little more what Mark would consider a menial jobs. And that probably <clears throat> is, yeah, because yeah. he does rail against that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We kind of we do lose a couple characters that we kind of see early on because the brother we really see a lot early on. Yeah, and then we yeah. barely see again at all, and maybe that's just because they don't. They don't want anything to do with the movie. They don't help out with the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what it is. Or they just didn't want to talk. I wonder if they not they didn't get along either. Because, like, I mean, when I used to shoot little movies and stuff, it was my brother and I were always doing it together. And yeah. regardless of who wanted to do it, like, even if I thought his idea was awful, which it never was. Mm-hmm. He's probably a better filmmaker than me. But, you know, <coughs> that'll never happen because he's a professor. Anyway, um, but like, yeah, he would always want to do like these little stop motion movies with our G.I. Joe figures or whatever, and it would take forever, but we would be doing it because that's the closest person you have. Yeah. Well, the Stalker brother says, he's like, I don't know what Mark thinks he's getting out of these movies, whether it's entertainment, Mm, whether it's some moral message or moral value. Yeah. So he he obviously doesn't. Doesn't understand. Yeah, 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 exactly. So anything else for worst scene? Uh, other than when that one guy rocks that open shirt with the key necklace oh, on yeah. camera. Oh, the uh, prop guy. Uh, he's the prop guy. That's Sexy. Oh, my fun. God. I, yeah. that, with that the was key. Quite with the key. Hang I don't think it was the, even a key necklace. I think it was his house key. I, it was probably his house key. Yeah, or the key to his heart. Maybe that, he was going to try and use that line. Oh, oh, I'm sure he used ladies. that all the time, yeah. There's always hot ladies over Mark Borchardt's house. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> that the bar... Three something? Uh, oh, uh, no, it was Tom something. Wasn't it just somebody's name? Some name, yeah. I don't remember. Four pitchers of beer, though. Oh, Jim something? Yeah, yeah, it's Jim. Boy. Jim Richards. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy from uh, work. Jimmy from works. Yeah, Jimmy from works. That's the one. And there it is, guys, the theme song to our final podcast game. It's time for Milking It. Zero to five points at stake for each one of our players today. That is each one of us around the podcast table, as it's been all podcast long. We're each going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to look at, reuse, reduce, recycle any of the ideas, characters, thematics, whatever you'd like to pull from American movie. Repurpose them into a brand new movie, a title, and a quick summary to put back out there and make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Capiche? Capiche. Capiche. Great. Here's the old Hollywood relic. Let's give her the weekly mixer-up. Welcome back to the weekly mixer-up. Welcome back to the weekly mixer-up. Today we're mixing up the big box of Hollywood ideas. And Clark, why don't you go ahead and draw first? All right. This one just says capiche. Yeah, yes, I get it. <laughs> Good. Actually, no, it says crime slash gangster film. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh. Gangster film. Brad. A fairy tale movie. A fairy tale. Okay. A fairy tale documentary, eh? And I'll draw a card here. How about a coming of age sex comedy? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> all right. That's wow. That is terrifying. Oh, well. Uh, We're going to take another break and come right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment.
right after this. And we're back, right in the middle of milking it for American Movie with Clark Kohler. Oh boy, oh boy. Clark? I, who drew first in this game? Me? I did. You I did. did, yes. I thought so. I yep. thought I was yep. right. You are right. I just can't read your card because it's a... Uh, oh, sorry about up. that. It's was a, a crime, crime gangster slash film? gangster film. That's yeah. right. What have you got for us, my friend? Okay, so this is going to be uh, an undercover cop, kind of Donnie Brasco type of vibe. So, uh, Detective Mike Shackelford goes undercover as Mike the Shank. <laughs> to try and infiltrate the Borchardt crime family. The weakest link in the family is the, uh, the, the black sheep of the family, Mark Borchardt. So, you know, because it, and he doesn't have anyone to drink vodka with, and he always wants to party harder than everybody else. That's where Mike the Shank comes in. Mm. And, you know, they just start drinking vodka, and that's what they do. They come, He comes over, they split fifths of vodka. He tries to get him to talk about, like, what's going on in the organization. Because word on the, around the FBI is that this guy, Mark, he keeps trying to make movies, but they never get finished. No matter what kind of movie he tries to make, it doesn't get finished, but all this money goes into it. So they're thinking it's a money laundering operation for the head of the crime family, Known simply as the notorious Uncle Bill. Mm. Nice. The money man behind it all. So they think he's washing the money. And the thing is, Mike the Shank, he starts to really get to be friends with Mark. So he doesn't want to he doesn't want to betray him anymore. And then they just start drinking more vodka and then they, they start doing more drugs. And Mike the Shank gets in deep. And his wife's starting to worry about him. He's coming home. He's not the same. Yeah. He doesn't have much of a... Uh, he's, he's, he's just kind of spaced out all the time. So then, all of a sudden, like he, he goes deeper and deeper. He wakes up in the hospital and his captain is holding three tabs of acid. And he flushes them down the toilet. And he says, you gotta get clean. And we gotta get these guys. So, he does. starts going to rehab. He uh, fakes a gambling addiction. So that way... Mark's not any of the wiser, like, oh, he's still an addict, man, it's fine. And they know that they need another inside man, so they go to the home of a childhood friend, Ken Keene, and in a very tense scene, they're waiting for him in the basement. The boys are there waiting on him, and Ken Keene shows up, and they flip him. They get Kenny to wear a wire. Ugh, Kenny. Yeah. Wow. Kenny, what, well, you know. No, Kenny's that up. makes sense, actually. He's been, <laughs> out of, he's been out of trouble for a long time. Knowing yeah. Kenny... Fair yeah. enough. Knowing Kenny Keene like we do, like he doesn't, you know. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at the set one day, when uh, Ken's asking a lot of questions, all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, Kenny, why are you mic'd up? You're not in this scene." And they're like, "Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Tom asked me to wear this and ask you these questions." The man who then gets his head smashed into a cabinet several times, and. So then Mark is really starting to wonder, what's going on? Why are people asking me about Uncle Bill so much? And Uncle Bill's like, hey, yeah, this is what's going on. We're pouring the money into the movies. We're washing it. But it's all right. It's okay. There's something to live for. Jesus told me so. And then he turns around, and then there's a very sinister-looking priest. 
putting his arms around Uncle Bill. And he just gives a head nod back to Mark. And they know that this is only the beginning. It's part of a trilogy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Holy and, crap. and your title? Something to Live For. Something to Live For. Wow. Ooh. Great integration of this movie into the, the crime... Crime genre. Yeah, that's really good. The bag of acid, the head to the cabinet. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. Yeah, really good stuff there. Wow. Really good stuff. Shouldn't surprise us. The man who did Rounders and Goodfellas. Yeah, I I know my way around the gangster genre a little bit. Exactly. Brad Davis. Yes. Do you have a fairy tale movie for us? I do. Terrific. Yep. Uh, So... Uh, Mark is is a young man, and his one dream in life is to make a movie. And I, I actually, these are more like probably kids, so more around like the age of like thirteen or something. And it's like them trying to, him and his best friend Mike are like trying to make this their their first movie. It's like a okay. dream he's had. He has he has the idea for it. He just doesn't have any a money to do it and b doesn't uh, unlike uh mark in this movie like they really don't have the knowledge like they don't have kind of the basic knowledge of how to of filmmaking so that's always their always his dream and um one day uh suddenly mark's fairy godfather shows up the one day which is actually his uncle bill Mm. who had passed away and he's come back in order to help him realize his dream. So Uncle Bill kind of teaches, it shows him how, you know, finds him, uh, you know, finds him a way to like make some money to make the movie and kind of throughout the entire process, he's the one giving him advice, not just about movie making, but also kind of like life advice. This is kind of the time they didn't get together before Uncle Bill passed away. They were like very close, but he never really had this, these kind of um, uh, endearing moments or kind of uh, uh, talks that actually had meaning. Mm. So it's kind of him getting these final moments with his uncle who passed away while he's also learning to make his film. And then he, of course, does and realizes his dream. And then as soon as the first one's done, he already has an idea for the next one and he's going on to make that. But then he also kind of has this moment of not being <coughs> sure if Bill actually showed up or if it was his own mind that he was just kind of learning mm. on his own. So it's he's he's a little, just because, to play it a little bit into like the drugs and drinking of what actually takes place in an American movie, it's almost a little, there's he's unsure of whether it was really Bill, uh, you know, a fairy godfather, or it was kind of his subconscious, a dreamlike state. Mm. Well, yeah. And the movie's called American Dreaming. American Dreaming. American Dreaming. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. I've got a sex comedy, guys, if you're ready. Always ready. Always ready for a good old-fashioned sex comedy. With a side of coming of age. <clears throat> All right, guys, it's called American Pornography. It's uh, We start with an amateur filmmaker who can't make any money doing amateur films, independent films. So he decides to start shooting some porn for money. He has higher aspirations, a la Jack Horner in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. He wants story. He wants cinematography injected back into pornos. Um, but, of course, uh, he has a family who disapproves of his work doing this. Um, he also has a friend who does all the music, appropriately enough. Yes, yes. And he has two new up-and-coming porn stars who fall for each other, uh, fall in love, 
and then break up, all while he jump, he's jumping through the hoops of independent filmmaking, trying to get more money, securing locations, uh, and make art above all else, as he tries to complete his very first porn film. American Pornography. Very nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah yeah. 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 There it is. There it is. Well, as soon as you're done uh, scoring, please pass your scorecards to the front of the class for final edition. And as we do that, we unfortunately must move into our pessimistic end of the show. We call podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the duration of this show? I know I've got mine. You know, Clark, at the beginning of the show, I called you a high-on-film nine-timer. But this is your tenth episode. Hey-oh! Boom! There we go! Dub digs. Decade. Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. Mm, no. Nope. Yep. That's what, I thought a Dirty Dozen was ten. Baker's Dozen is thirteen. Is it Dirty Dozen ten? No, or would it be eleven? I'm making oh, a joke. Okay. Ocean's like, Eleven. Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> I was like, what, Chris? The Terrible... No, not Terrible Ten. The Terrible Twos. Terrible Twos. Yeah. Terrific Ten. Yeah. A solid ten. Ten, ten episodes. Ups. Okay. Well... Congratulations, Clay. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Or not, it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, regrets that uh, we couldn't do more lines from this movie for impressions. I know, man. I know. This movie is wrought with them. Um, yeah. I guess the only other scene I'll mention uh, was is the ADR scene with Bill in the car. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Just over and over again, Bill getting it wrong, and the moment when Bill finally nails it and gets it right, and Mark is like, "That was perfect." Don't what does he say? I don't I know. Think if it was the recorded too high. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. I was recorded too high on that one. Oh, okay, let's go. God. Oh man, that is great. It was so, especially they let you sit in it for so long, like all that you see so many takes where he mm-hmm. fucks it up, mm-hmm. and then when you fu- he finally gets it, you're almost like, "Oh yeah," and then Mark fucks up, and it is just perfect. Yep, and it, that's. That's filmmaking. Honestly, <laughs> that's what happens so often. It's great. It's it's yeah, it's such a perfect uh, you know, microcosm. Yeah, exactly. For filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Um I I guess I would like to mention um we didn't really talk about his family situation at all. No. Which was uh, three kids with another yeah, woman. Yeah, he's got three kids with another woman. Um he seems to be a decent father, which was encouraging, you know, like there are certainly some things that were not great. Yeah. Showing like his four year old apocalypse now. Yeah. And swearing in front of them and stuff like that. And like when, and they got into that huge argument with the, the kids right there, there's some bad stuff, but there's also like when his daughter asked about ADR, like what's ADR? And he's like, it's additional dialogue recording. And what's the additional dialogue recording? And he's just very patiently answering all our questions. And he's like, do you understand now? And she says, no. What is it you don't understand? Because he could have totally just left it there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, that was a really nice moment from a guy who is, you know, um, everyone else... Is the is equal equal parts of victim of his obsessions as he is. Yeah. So like it was nice to see a human moment from a guy who's generally looking at people like assets more than like people. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a guy who does seem to drink a lot, and when you're 
kids around a lot, that's probably not the best thing. Right. Even like the swearing thing, I'm always a little bit like, eh, I, I, that just doesn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's kid, kind of a cute scene when the girl says shit. Shit, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, if, well, no, that didn't bother me. No, I was no, talking no. about like when they were screaming at each other. Like, yes, you, you sc- left me four fucking years ago. Yeah. Your kids are a little young for that, right? And honestly, you should be having that conversation away from your, regardless of the swearing. Yeah. That conversation shouldn't be happening here, right? But or, or at all. I mean, you're just stating facts that you both already know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a conversation that needs to be happening here. I got the points tallied. Alrighty. Brad Davis. Yes. Third place. Love it. 16.2 points. Nailed it. A valiant effort. Uh, but I bested you just slightly. 16.75 for me. But Clark Kohler is our undisputed winner. 18.2 points. Wow. Taking home American movie. Ah. Oh, boy. I'm honored, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Oh, Kohler a win in his final outing. <laughs> Clark, thank you so, so much for being here today and for the last nine times uh, of guesting here on High on Film. Well, you know, it's been my absolute pleasure. I mean, it's, yeah, like I said, it's bittersweet for me, you know, like I'm going to miss sitting around and talking movies with you guys. I guess we could still do it without recording it. Yeah. Sure. Because we know. never do it otherwise. No, 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 <laughs> never, never. Never. Not, never. not a I mean, I, I definitely, like, you know, like, I, I talk movies with Chris a lot because we work together. We talk movies from time to time. Yeah. But the three of us together, not very often. Well, yeah. Other than with mic- microphones present. Maybe we'll get some fake ones and bring them out to the bars. Sure. We can just use these. Or we can record it and not publish it. out to the bars. That's true. <laughs> But I mean, it's you guys have done a really great thing here. It's 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 been it's been a pleasure, and I'm gonna miss doing it. But I look forward to see what you guys have planned next. Hey, man, more death at sunset. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone can hear you currently in <laughs> hard times and soft drinks. Uh, yes. The four part Sunshine Noir Radio Play podcast out now. Anything it else is. to plug? <laughs> uh, anything else to plug? Well. Uh, I've got a tire rack commercial on YouTube. Cool. Uh, I guess I just came out today. Uh, other than that, um, nothing right now, but, you know, keep your eye out for old Clark Kohler. He's not going anywhere. There it is. Except Nobody's Kohler. <laughs> Nobody's Kohler. Clark, no, seriously, thank you for your, your countless hours of, of work here with us. Uh, the show wouldn't be the same without you. It means a lot, man. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. You're one of our favorite guests. Yeah, it's been a privilege. Yeah. Privilege has been mine. Oh. Well then, I'm a last work freak. I take it. it. You I win. Bitch. You guys are better. <laughs> Suck it, Brad Davis. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. As always, my as friend. As always, my friend. Uh, at BD always GP on Twitter and Instagram, and I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, my baseball blog, love letters to my Buckos. You can find on my Twitter page or on Tumblr. I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media cra- accounts. That's Chris. Who know, in place of the eye, at High on Films, the show wherever you'd like to find us. And please do check out Death at Sunset. And uh, once you're done that, boy, go back. We have a whole ton of High on Film backlog that you can go listen to. Uh, most recently, we have an Avengers Affinity War uh, spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review out. Stay to the end and hear spoilers if you'd like. <laughs> right. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats is out now. Reality Bites and Run Lola Run last week. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, guys, six more episodes remain of High on Film. The final six. The final six. And what's really cool about these is that, I believe, our first six episodes in reverse. 
Guest-wise. Guest-wise. Yes. No, we're going to watch the movies they picked the first time. <laughs> well, listen, we've got to be specific. <laughs> that would actually be <laughs> awesome. And if you play Pink Floyd, yeah. like it, it really it matches up perfectly. <laughs> Pink Floyd it matches up with Wizard of Oz. I backwards. Know. I think it's the Iron Maiden you want to play backwards. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Whatever. Or uh, Revolution Number no. 9 by the Beatles to hear Paul is dead, Paul is dead, Paul right. is dead. But you won't hear any of that on High on Film. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and a brand new movie. Thank you so much for, not a brand new guest, uh, one of our favorite guests. <laughs> but certainly a new movie. Always a new movie. We love you guys. Thanks again, gentlemen. Thank, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Claire. Goodbye. Goodbye.